Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is my pleasure to introduce the second episode of Cisco Champion Unfiltered, a Cisco Champion radio spinoff series where our very own Cisco champions have unscripted conversations around technology, career, and industry trend topics. You'll see these episodes pop up from time to time. Let us know your thoughts and if there's a specific topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode. Today, we are discussing breach notifications, what they are, how to communicate them, how to respond to them, and other cool stuff. So relax, sit back, and join us for the next half hour or so. All right, first things first, let's start with a round of introductions. Evan, let's start with you. Thank you very much. Uh, First of all, I'd like to say that it was that you said other cool stuff, so we'll get we'll try and be cool about this yeah we'll see so my name is yep my name is evan mincer i am a information security manager located in the philadelphia pennsylvania region um you can find me on the twitters at evan mincer all right and i'm just going to go in alphabetical order so gj hi my name is gerjan de boer gj in short i'm a cto for a dutch uh, cisco reseller and we specialize in uh, networking and security all right john Okay, all right. Uh, my name is John. I currently work uh, as as a network security engineer at, at the financial institution, uh, basically responsible for for security of the enterprise, covering about uh, three three continents, the thereabouts. Uh, that's just basically what I do. Uh, network security is, is about all. You can find me on Twitter at responsefishent one one. Thank you. Awesome. Mark? Hi, I'm Mark Siebering. I'm a principal consultant at Devo Team in the Netherlands. And um, you can find me on Twitter sometimes at NetCICD. And NetCICD is also the repo that I keep on GitHub. If you want to do any automation, you'll find it there under Devo Team. Thank you. And then Zoe, last but not least. Hello, my name is Zoe Rose and my job title is too long, so I'm going to shorten it. Um, I am an information security lead, I suppose that's the title I'm going with, uh, at Canon EMEA and uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Rosec Ops and uh, I think that was everything I was supposed to do for my intro. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. I'm Evan. I'm going to kick it back to you. Can you give us an overview of what exactly we're talking about today? Yeah, sure. Um, so the big question here is really about security breaches. Uh, you know, we're going to we want to kind of talk about you know when should you do it, um, what are the requirements. We'll get into those fun regulations, and then maybe we'll we'll see what we can uh, turn into positives here. But I'm going to ask the team here um, a, a kind of a simple question to start. Who wants to define what a breach is? Mark, you're looking funny. Go for it. Oh, I'm looking funny. Well, anything that happens that you didn't want to happen that spills out to the outside to me. But I think, uh, yeah, you put me on the spot. So I uh, I blurt out my definition, but I don't know what Zoe's definition is because Zoe is working in security. <laughs> I, I think anything that impacts uh, the CIA, really. Um, if it impacts confidentiality, integrity, or availability of data, be it a privacy or security incident. Yeah, so it could also be that you don't know if something's spilled yet, but you know that something's up, uh, and you might need to involve, uh, inform people that something's up. John, you want anything else on there? Yeah, yes. I, I would say anything that has to do with, say, say data leakage, 
basically, I, I mean, as we said, anything that affects the, the, the CIA, anything that has to do with like, like, like data going the way you don't want it to go, basically. I would say, <laughs> I would say, like, maybe, maybe, maybe data leakage is what I would consider a, a, a breach in the simplest form. Yeah, and, and I'll add on, I know what I deal with a lot of PHI and PI type stuff. Anytime there's a concern with data access by a, a non-approved entity or yeah, just the access alone is enough, but data loss is the worst one. Um, if you deal in the healthcare area, that is like, that. that's what keeps you up at night. Yeah, I think, I think a good point to add is it could also be an internal breach. It could be I accessed a folder that I wasn't supposed to access. That's still potentially a, a breach because it's doing something that shouldn't be done. But um, it could be um, it could be not necessarily externally facing. It could simply be I I had more access than I was supposed to. Yeah, and and, and I'd say one of the scariest things there you think about it is not just the external entities, the internal entities. So someone that is granted access has decided to leave the company and take data with them. That That's probably a scarier one to me. GJ, you want to add something? Yeah, so we had a couple of those cases in the Netherlands over the last uh, couple of years about famous people who came into the hospital and then uh, employees that shouldn't have access uh, from a job point of view, they were able to uh, look at, uh, at the medical status and leak that data to the media. Well, and... and- Funny, speaking into our next question, I was going to ask about when do you notify about a breach? So so in that situation, and, and I'll go back to you, GJ, just because you brought it up. In that situation, what did you, you know, you obviously, did you notify the famous people? When did you do it? Well, I hadn't, uh, I didn't need to deal with it myself, but <laughs> it was easy to notify them because it was all over the media. And then uh, people had to dig out where that information came from. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but do they really want to hear about it from CNN? <laughs> I was just thinking, saying that um, when I look at a breach, I look at um, what's what's what forms can it take? Like, is it something where you identified it it internally and then you can announce it, or is it something where you you became aware externally? Most likely, in that case, it was somehow these people have this information how did i how did it come about um because that's the most embarrassing um or is it you know you you found it because of um in some cases it's media contacts you and says hey i've got this information you want to talk about it so it's still external but it's a little bit less embarrassing because you can spin that one a little bit better yeah i know as as an information security manager i think Having someone come to me and say, hey, you were breached. What do you say about that? Is That's a nightmare <laughs> scenario. I might cry a little bit. <laughs> well, I, yeah. One, you have to digest it while they're right in your face of, you know, what are you going to do about it? John, did you want to add something? Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to take us back a bit. But, you know, Zoe spoke about the fact that, I mean, you could have, you could give somebody access that they really do not need. So, in the case where you give someone an access where they, that they do not need and they, is it accidentally use that access to access uh, something they shouldn't have? So we you really consider that a breach? Is that, is that like is that like an accidental breach? Is that so? Is is, it, is there a concept of is there a concept of accidental breach here? So I was just wanted to clarify or, or get clarity on is there something called accidental breach in the sense of say uh, when you have when, when you don't manage your your privileges uh, very well? 
I think I think in the Verizon data breach uh, uh, data breach report, I think they call it uh, misconfiguration. I think that's how they classify it, and that's how I would. I don't know, but um, it's it, it's a breach that was caused by inaccurately setting something up. So be it you know your S3 bucket didn't have the right settings, or your HR uh, folders somebody else has access that shouldn't be. It's shared. It's still within the company, but it shared somebody that's not authorized to view it. That to me is still a breach because you're breaching the integrity, or sorry, the well, the confidentiality, but also potentially the integrity. I don't know. But theoretically, you're right, but isn't the whole question about uh, what is um, how actual is the data, and also um, it can be that uh, data is reachable by uh, for, for everybody but if someone especially starts poking around at a lot of places then you know that something is wrong because maybe the intentions change from accidental access to intentionally looking for information and maybe that would be something to trigger upon because if you would have to treat as a as a sock if you would have to treat every misconfiguration uh, the same way as you would somebody poking around in all kinds of data sources to see where they could get in I think you would be very busy I wouldn't say you'd necessarily treat it the same way but you still <clears> have to investigate it you, you can't especially if it's HR data in, in Evan's case if it's medical data you can't just say ah, it was an accident you, you have to investigate it and you have to have an end an outcome so to me, even if the motivation, I'm not talking motivation, even if the motivation is um, accidental, it wasn't, it wasn't, I meant to do this and I meant to be malicious, it could simply be a mistake. I, I agree, but how many, how many companies actually have their configurations so well uh, configured and uh, up, up to the level that you want to have it, that they can actually factually say that they can find those accidental Yes, but how many companies know right away when somebody's breached them? None. (laughs) You know, so it's like... Well, a lot of that comes to, you know, how long ago was the application configured? Now, you look, if anyone has their on-premises file server, there's a very good chance it's been around for a while and and there's rights that are just all over the place and you get those curious employees because humans are curious. They're going to start, you know, can I see that HR data and find out how much the CEO or others make? You know, if I just click around, maybe I'll find it. If it's on well, a file share. CEO, it's yeah. easy, right? You yeah. go to the store to, to the stock reports and it's in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but you know, for a um, you know, if it's on a file share, it's probably easier to find. But if if you've migrated to like SharePoint Online or Box or something like that, you put your stuff there. Usually, right after the migration, it's it's pretty well secured. Give it about a week, and that might change. Then there's also another point, like uh, when you discover a breach and uh, there's no, you don't know about any leakage of data, uh, you just find it during your regular checkups or something like that, but you don't know how long it's been there. Is that a breach or is it not? <laughs> well, it, 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 or the it's still a breach. Yeah it's, yeah, it's still a breach. You still have to do investigate it. Um, I mean, it might be, to be honest, those are the best ones. The ones you find. Hey, I, I found yep. people have access to this file. You know, it's a lot easier to um, to control that 
you know, it's the ones where the the client has come to you and say, hey, why can I see this other client's information? Or, or <laughs> hey, um, why is all of my information out there in the media? Like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's much more embarrassing if you're being notified by the victim or by um, some other third party. It's a it's slightly less embarrassing if you can then if you identify it and say we identified this and this is what we've dealt with it. It's going to become much more positive. And I'm going as a as a consumer, I would be much more confident in the company that approaches it from that perspective instead of a company that's already on the back foot because the media is talking about all of their data before they even knew about it. I mean, look at um, Ticketmaster, uh, when, uh, what bank was it? Is the bank that starts with an M. When they identified Ticketmaster had been breached because of the consumer's, um, uh, their financial statements, they went to Ticketmaster said, by the way, guys, I think you might have an incident. And Ticketmaster said, no, we're good, we're good. And then a couple of months down the line, Ticketmaster said, actually, maybe we're not so good. <laughs> so basically, that brings us to the subject of the of the talk today. I mean, when do you do breach notifications? How do you do it? And uh, the, the, well, in, what I read in the, in the media is like, be open as soon as you can and as open as you can. And then Zoe is like, nope. <laughs> no, the, the, the answer is, and, and Zoe, you might agree with me on this one. The answer is, and this is the answer I give to a lot of things for IT, it depends. She knew, stay. Yeah, you knew exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, it de- you I did mean, a really scrum did. training, right? Yeah, yeah but it, it really depends. does depend. I mean, you look at what is the data. Um, if, if there's a situation in which a client of ours um, a client of mine, there's a, even just a possibility of their data getting out there contractually, I have to do something. So, and I've had those cases before where, you know, I've had to go down and, and, and talk to the client. And the worst part is when it turns out to be nothing, but I still have to contact them. And I will say in those cases, I have a contractual obligation, depending on the client between usually between 24 and 72 hours of when I know there's something up. But that's 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 client data. I mean, but to go you know, to expand on your question, Mark, and I think it's a really good one to go into. So, like, like Gurjan, you were saying, you had those uh, those famous people. Um, when do you think we should be notifying people when their data is exposed somehow or someone breaks in? Yeah, that's a good question because in that case, the it was by design that the people had access to that data. Well, that's they the internal didn't need ones, it then, for their yeah. job. Yeah. So there, from that perspective, there was no breach until it uh, it entered the media. It was the breach was when people started spilling the information beyond their uh, the point that they were allowed to do. Yep. But uh, yeah. I think we also have to remember there are legal uh, requirements. Um, I'm, I I don't <laughs> I see your smile. Um, I will bring up GDPR only because that's a really big one. Oh, that's um, a question coming up to, too. I know, I know, and I don't want to jump into that too fast. But but there are there are legal requirements that some in some situations you have to notify within a certain time uh, time time frame. The other side of it is, and this is how I approach it: is what is what is more embarrassing? So because because reputational damage it still has a financial impact. You know, if your reputation is ruined, how are you going to make any money? Consumers are not going to go with you. Um, 
there are exceptions to that rule of things like the Ashley Madison breach did actually, the breach did actually give them publicity and they got more uh, consumers apparently. But, um, but that's besides the point. That's an exception. I think, I think um, they call them clients. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be nice. I don't know. But, um, but the other side is um, what would be more embarrassing? Would it be better if you acknowledge there was an incident and you're dealing with it um, and you will update more as it comes? Would it be more embarrassing if the media said, if you didn't say anything and the media said, oh my goodness, there's this breach, look at this you know, information online. And then you later had to come back and say, yes, we're working on it. You know, look, balance that. It's a really tricky one because you'll have to work with comms, legal and uh, IT and security all together and be a group in a kind of a team approach uh, and do it in a structured way that works for the company. But you still have to make that decision for each incident, which is a stressful, stressful one for a lot of organizations that have never done a tabletop exercise before, have never identified that comms piece yet, because how to do it properly and when to do it is the biggest challenge. Um, I, 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 sorry, I don't mean to rant, but I do a lot of talks on within X amount of time, what data do you have to release? And so you have to balance that of, if you're going to announce now, what data can you give them? How can you make it so it's not embarrassing uh, later on? An example, and I'll finish quickly, but an example being the um, the Equifax breach. They were like, oh, nothing. And then, oh, lots of people were impacted. And oh, even more people were impacted. And it just kind of snowballed and felt like it was this nightmare. And it was um, that could have been handled better. Um, but you also don't want to come out and say it could affect everybody and then go, actually, it could only affect five people. Yeah. And, and actually, Zoe, I want to add on to something there. So speaking from a security standpoint, that tabletop exercise is a huge thing. Having a communications plan. And, and I will say this to anyone listening that has not thought about this. When you know what hits the fan, if there's a breach for your company and if you haven't prepared for it, one will happen. Um, just understanding how to communicate it out both internally and externally is a huge thing during a breach is the worst time for that to figure that one out because it, it's funny how many people need to be involved in that zoe because you you travel around a lot in the uh, over the world how much does culture influence the way you communicate because i can imagine that in the u.s you have lawyers like you have a zillion lawyers in the room and two engineers you don't want to be sued <clears throat> In, in here in the Netherlands, you have a zillion engineers because everybody wants to be in, and you want you, you need to find a lawyer who is like, uh, maybe you shouldn't say it like that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Actually, is is culturally, um, I I've dealt with this where it's really tricky because in America, it's state by state what your regulations are, and then you have to decide if. And this is how it might come across as a consumer. I'm in this state, so you have to notify me. So you'll notify those people, but you don't notify people in this other state. That would make them from the other state feel like you don't care about me as much as you care about them. You know, so the regulations play into that culture as well. But also things like um, in America, I'd be very scared of saying this happened and somebody being like, oh, I'm going to sue you. Whereas in the Netherlands, I would feel like, if I said this happened, my my clients would, 
they like that transparency they like that honesty and i feel like here um that transparency is much really important because if i don't say it here i feel like i would lose that trust much quicker yeah if that makes sense yeah, yeah that's true I guess in the Netherlands here, it is like if you lie about it, people are okay. Sure, you're not in control. I'll leave mm-hmm. you. Period. You're losing. No, to be clear, don't ever lie about <laughs> breach. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst you can do. Yeah, even even in the U.S., never lie. Yeah. So no. I, I I think for from my own point, it's more it's more about the, the the regulator, right? So it's not just about the the, the consumer, because so 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 you you want to tell the consumer, okay, I, I've been breached. But I think I, I think yeah, it is more about the regulator. So so find find there's the you losing business because of of customers, but there's also you losing business because of the regulator. So and you know you can lose more business quicker and more heavily from the regulator than from the customers. So you really want to be upfront with your with your, with your regulator. You really want to tell the regulator, oh, I've been breached. Oh, this is it. You know. So I think the for for, for us here, yeah, the, the 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 management. The information management is more between yourself and the regulator because I mean you are you are you are you are bounded. I, I work in the, in, the, in the FI, so you are bounded by by regulation by regulation to report virtually everything to, to your regulator. And if you don't, I mean, like maybe your your, your customers. I mean, the way your customers will hurt you, and the way the regulator will hurt you, uh, you really cannot compare. Like the regulator can can really really bring bring down the armor on you and just and just shut you down, <laughs> and just shut you down without. Without even you going to the court and going to the court is going to take so 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 yeah I mean there's a really strong uh, re, re, there's a really strong regulatory power that you need you know you need to manage and I, I mean I think for 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 us yeah you just need to tell your regulator within a certain uh, hour and, and, like I said it depends of course you need to manage it in the information but you need to tell the regulator okay this is what what, what it is and okay what is the impact and 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 and, and where exactly are you doing about it? But being upfront with the regulator over here is 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 very important. I I agree with that to a point. I do agree with you in the sense that you need to be upfront with the regulator because if you aren't, you can definitely have much more fines. But I would caution and say that the consumer, you're going in front of the court of public opinion. That is the most difficult court because we're not justified in our approach. We're not. We're an opinion. We're people with an opinion. And so we may not be able to fine you like a regulator can, but we can discredit you. So I would I would agree with John 100% in the fact that you need to be upfront and work with the regulators because even building that relationship before a breach is going to benefit you because you've got that trust built. Trust is hugely important and it will actually be easier. But you don't want to forget about your consumer because they they well your bottom line will be affected if they no longer trust you so Zoe, what what you're basically saying is make sure that you have a good relationship with the regulator to prevent that you get this fine like 10 percent of your global turnover <laughs> <laughs> that will help you definitely to make sure that it's not like two billion that you're losing but also uh but 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 that's just work that you need to do anyway and the more important work actually is making sure you get that court of public opinion because there is no lawyer to defend you there. It's the opinion of the journalists. <laughs> if they like you, you're, you, you get away with it. If they don't, you're grilled. 
I would say not, it's not, not you just, get. Uh, you don't not, get away just, with it. Yeah, not just lawyers too, or, or marketing. You also have you know with Twitter and Facebook nowadays. You have so many people. I, I went to this place. They were horrible. I'm never going back there again. And all their friends saw that. You know, they say negative news travels a hell of a lot faster than positive news. Yeah, that's why they try to do. Uh... So on that topic, uh, what do you include in a breach report? So I. So what do you put in there to influence the opinion? I would say, I would say one thing that always stands out to me is who's delivering it. Not just what are you adding, but who's delivering So if you remember, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, I think I was still in the UK at the time, uh, BA announced an incident and it, some big important guy came on the media in a high-vis uh, high vest to talk about a cyber incident, traffic vest, to talk about a cyber incident. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, just seems really context is what, but also um, somebody has to be confident in presenting it, which isn't always the senior person. Sometimes it's the person actually in the in the trenches. So, you know, might be someone a little bit more junior that is experienced in public speaking and the media but also you want to present the facts in a way that doesn't hold you liable necessarily for and I that's a big word for me I'm not a lawyer but you, you want to present it in a way that it's not you saying we're responsible for this we caused this breach you want to say this happened we acknowledged it and we're moving forward and this is how we're doing it yeah, liability is a huge thing if, if you come across exactly if you come across saying you know Oh, it's totally our fault. Well, especially in the states, that opens you up for lawsuits. Yeah, so there's a there's a thin line between uh, a root cause analysis and a breach notification. So a lot of breach notifications <laughs> you see, they well, also contain Evan, a lot it's of thick a thick line, and you want to keep it as <laughs> thick as possible. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say thick line, but yeah, and no, I mean, you definitely want to be careful about how you word things. Um, it's funny, whenever I've had to send emails to clients to say, you know, hey, we, we had an issue, I will reread that email like four times <laughs> to make sure it, it's it's good. And, and you know, getting a lawyer to say, to help out with, with the wording can help too. It's always 100%. Good 100%. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I do want to switch gears a little bit um, and go back to Zoe's going to love this topic because we talk about it all the time regulations. Um, we, we all know about the granddaddy GDPR, but I know here in the States, we have, a, we actually have a few States, uh, California was first with CCPA. And then, uh, I think Nevada and Virginia also have theirs on the way. And I think Colorado is coming up too. So here in the States individually, we have them. Eventually we might get a government that actually does something, but our politicians don't seem to want to work. Um, so we have all these regulations, but then on top of that, we have, you know, things like HIPAA that I have to deal with. Um, so Zoe, because you're smiling about this, what do you want to, how do you feel about GDPR? I think Give you a broad question there. I, so what do I, how do I feel about it? How do you feel um, about it? So I think I, I, it's not perfect. I'll start with that. It's not perfect. Well, it, it doesn't solve everything. Politicians. Uh, exactly. Um, it's not going to solve everything. However, it did a great job of telling consumers they have power giving that power back to them and being able to say as much as i can anyway being able to say you know i i'm not okay with this 
you know, I, I don't accept that or I want to see what data you have on me. And people have used it for brilliant things. I had one person that I knew that did a, um, uh, what was it? Um, um, access request for their data, personal access request. And they used that to be able to get a refund on their flight ticket because of COVID um, and it getting cancelled. They ended up waiting and waiting and waiting and they never uh, because they, the the people weren't doing anything and so they did the access request and then they had some magic um, behind the scenes and then they got a refund which was super cool that's a financial you know thing but um the thing i like about it is people recognizing that the companies don't have all the power i can say i want to know what data you have and i want you to make sure it's accurate and the best part about it is the right to be forgotten. Um, I like that there, it's not perfect and it doesn't always work, but it does allow me to have a little bit of power back and does allow individuals to say, actually, I don't like this process and I'm going to take action. And it kind of pushed people to be a bit more proactive. Um, however, there are negatives, compliance versus security, the ever annoying balance sometimes i've seen companies that have said we're working towards this and technically that still fits within the requirement if they're working towards it they're making it better um even if it's not perfect so it goes to the to the spirit of it versus to the word but anyway that's my opinion mark you want to add on to that one how, do, how are your thoughts on regulations well, well, given that GDPR is made uh, by 27 states that they had to agree and that something useful came out of it is already a major achievement. I think it's if you look at the amount of data that is collected by companies without your knowledge, it is good that we have regulations like that. It is very, very necessary. And I try to keep my data that I spill over as, 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 yeah, as limited as I can. Uh, but I also know how inventive the, the companies are that want to get my data. For me, I, the thing that stuff gets breached, I think it is more of when it is breached than whether it's going to be breached at any point in time. It is going to be breached. Because no security is perfect. And what I care more about is, okay, how did they communicate about it? Are they like, we're breached and we don't know, sh we don't know anything? Or is it, we've notified, that we, we, we've noticed that something is wrong. We're investigating it and we'll let you know when we know more. And within an hour, you get a personal email like, okay, we found your stuff within the stuff that's breached. Make sure you change your... Then I at least get impression that they understand that what they're doing. And that, to me, I guess, would be the most important thing. I mean, it, uh, one of the things that we talked about in the introduction is, is can you spin it in such a way that uh, a breach notification actually becomes a positive? Well, that's to me, coming up. Yeah, that's the topic coming up. But I think, to me, yeah, it, it shows that you understand the business if you can do that. And that would give me more confidence in the products because I'm realistic enough to know that you cannot prevent a breach, period. 
it will happen. So it's more like, okay, given that it will happen, how do you handle it? Yeah, I think the big thing that the regulations um, that are out there that they really talk about is that that breach of personal data. So a company that that has your data and we all went through the Facebook Apple wars about how Apple's going to kill Facebook by because they can't get our data anymore, um, which I love that shows the fact that yeah, Facebook's about data acquisition. But what happens when that data is lost? And that's where the regulations come into play is the, well, when data is lost, this is what you kind of need to do or else we're coming after you. Yeah, and the right to be forgotten is really important because what you saw with uh, WhatsApp a couple of years ago when somebody got, uh, a lot of people got uh, WhatsApp messages back that they deleted like five years earlier. Yeah, can you actually prove that stuff that is in the cloud is no longer there? Yeah. I mean, I really like that point you made, Mark, about um, the amount of data collected. I, I think not just from the consumer side, it's it GDPR was a great having the consumer acknowledge, wow, my data has value. I think Cambridge Analytica maybe did a bit better of a, a, a job of making people identify how valuable aggregated data is. But I think GDPR did a great job of people realizing, actually, I can say no to it. But um, the other side, from the company's point of view, I've known companies that, I'm sure most companies, uh, they were like, when it was coming into play, it was like, oh no, we have a giant storage of data that's untagged, unfiltered, like not classified. We have no idea why we have it. We just collected it because we could. And now they have to change their whole business process to say, well, why did we collect it? And what are we keeping? How long are we keeping for? You know, what data is that? And they had to add this whole classification thing. And I think that's a great positive step Again, I will admit it's not perfect, but it is a positive step. Well, for 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 a consumer, I mean, the, the the famous Target example of the dad complaining, why not? Why are you showing all those pregnancy stuff to my sixteen year old daughter? And they were like, uh, yeah, that's what our algorithm says. <laughs> and then the father, then two days later, calls back like. He apologized, she didn't is. he? Oh, yeah, she is. I, I yeah, called back to apologize. That, that, that shows that even though you think you are very careful with your data, the metadata can tell more about... They, they probably know... Google knows... Facebook knows more about you than your doctor does. So from my personal scary. experience, my personal experience, when I got pregnant, um, I didn't tell anyone. And my... Instagram ads knew I was pregnant and it wasn't because of certain things that I was doing because I'm pretty knowledgeable it was I'm pretty knowledgeable in the things that I do you know but um but yeah it 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 caught on to the fact that I was looking at certain um certain different uh different things and knew I was pregnant and it also knew the age like the 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 time that I, like where I was in my pregnancy because it would show me ads for early trimester and then you know second trimester third trimester and then it said this weird term fourth trimester I didn't know that was a term but but like post having a baby um and so it, it followed you along that journey even if I didn't post anywhere that I was pregnant or where I was pregnant when I was due it knew which I thought I'd be and, worried and you, and... I, 
I'd be worried if Instagram told you you were pregnant before you even knew you were pregnant. Uh, that's coming. That would be that is, That's probably coming. You're you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, but the, yeah. The, 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 the thing is, I can assume that given you're in, in EA, you're Rosecops. So you have ghostery uh, to, to block tracking pixels and stuff like that running. Yes, but I'm also using Instagram. So, you know, there's degrees. Okay, you're I, lost. <laughs> no, no, but there's degrees. I mean, I chose to use this app because it worked for my life. I made that yeah. conscious decision knowing that data was going to be stolen, that, well, collected is the polite term. Um, but I made that conscious decision, just like I know who I allow to follow me on Instagram, you know, just like I know that what Instagram is collecting. Not everybody knows that. And so regulations do a brilliant job of trying to support um, giving consumers that power back when something has happened that they weren't necessarily aware of you know requiring organizations to disclose what they're doing with that data to they need you must acknowledge and approve that they use targeted marketing that they sell data if they're going to sell it um they have to tell the consumer and the consumer has to acknowledge it like say yes i'm okay with that and that's a big that's a big change from where it used to be it used to be about data acquisition i mean Google started as a data acquisition company and that's why they gave things away for free just to get more data on you. And, and you're absolutely right. Nowadays it becomes, they really need, all those companies need to take a, a good hard look at what data they're, they're acquiring and why, because in a, in a regulation centric world now, if something happens, <laughs> there'd be a better be a good reason why you have that data. Bloody good reason. Zoe, Zoe, I want to apologize to you. I'm, I'm sure it's probably my fault, the reason that Instagram knew, because you you told me early and I told my wife and Alexa was probably listening. <gasps> All your fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, given what you just said, on a, re- on a scale of 1 to 10, how ignorant would you say the average consumer is regarding data collection and profiling? Pre pre uh, Cambridge Analytica, pre GDPR, I would say completely unaware, completely unaware. Now I would say people are starting to understand. Um, I did, uh, I do talks on OSINT, so Open Source Intelligence, and when I would present it early on, it was like, "How do you have this information about me? Where did you get it?" And now it's like, "Yeah." Yeah, I knew that. Rubbish. You know, like, how did it... Like, they still get shocked of, how did you find that picture? That is bloody old and embarrassing. But they still acknowledge, yeah, I know that was posted. I know that my account is public. And they get that there is a point to it. You know, I, I did a... I, I did a. Sorry, I don't mean to be hogging. No, I'm, I'm, I'm letting <laughs> you go a little bit more. But I, I did a talk uh, where I presented to these quite wealthy people, you know, they're good in the good in their career well set you know they're well off um and i did a uh, they presented me as this ethical hacker that was going to um investigate them it made it sound really sexy and i met them because it was um it was a private conference in um spain and so we met at the airport to get taxied to the hotel and we were all chatting and I didn't introduce who I was I introduced me but I didn't say oh I'm presenting and so everybody's really lovely to me and they're really nice and then when they found out who I was uh, the next day they were like oh uh oh 
what did she, what did she get? What did she collect from that conversation? And and when I was presenting, I said, you know, I did all this research prior to, so actually most of this um, wasn't part of the conversation. But you know, I could have well, collected. Pe- I, I think people, mm-hmm. some people get shocked if they don't understand what's out on the internet on them, and and a lot of people will share a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, you go back to breach. But, but tell you what, let, let's move on from regulation because I know we're we're talking long and I'm sure there's probably people going like, my God, are they ever going to end? So so I'll I'll go to the last topic because we kind of hit on before. So, you know, breaches are bad. They're horrible and, and companies don't want it to happen. How can you turn a breach into a positive? Yeah, so uh, what Mark said earlier is that re- when you get regular updates, you know that the company is taking something serious. And if they put actionable intel in there, so they don't need to put the root cause in there because that's an internal thing only. Uh, but if they put the the stuff that you need to do to make sure your data is secure or that you know the, the depth of the breach and how much you're impacted, that makes it clear that they're taking it seriously. And uh, even in the breach notifications, you can show all the measures you have taken to uh, resolve it how quick you were in uh, resolving it and just make clear that uh, it's something that it can happen to everyone. Yeah, so so uh, so I, I think the, the consensus, even from the start of this talk, is, is be, be, be very up, very upfront, be very open with, with, the, with the consumers, be very open with, with your regulators, be very open. I think I think the, the first thing is, I think it's better that, I mean, you're, you're upfront with it, so, so that way you can control the, the, the narrative. You're the one supplying the information as at when you think it is necessary, not not the other way around where where you know the, the press is coming to ask you, oh wait wait about this, what what I mean then then you know when, when the press comes the press knows who exactly they, they have a fair idea who the weak person is they know who, who not to talk to they know who likely they can they can put on on the spot they, they know who likely they can get very juicy information from so I think it's very important that you are the one you are the one out there controlling the narrative you are the one out there being upfront with the information, telling people what exactly happened. And 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 as as Mark said, I mean it's also very important to say to, to as much as possible, say, okay, yes, we were breached, but I mean we're able to save this, we're able to secure this. So it's not just about the the, the, the negatives, right? It's, it's about I mean what where exactly did you do well to prevent the the extent of the breach. So so if if, if the narrative is this is what we've been able to do to prevent the extent of the breach, then I think it, it actually puts you in a in, in a very positive light and again be upfront try and control the the, the narrative don't be on the defensive right do, 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 don't try and hide information <laughs> don't, don't, don't try and hide, hide, hide information right yeah i'll, I'll, yeah, I'll add on there you, you want to be open and honest to a degree yeah <laughs> to, to a degree right? well what is, yeah, what's no, the degree think, evan oh, no, no so so i, I think again like 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 Mark said, I think it also depends on on how knowledgeable your 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 customers are, right? If if the information is always out there, that you know they, they say that there are two types of complaints in the world: those that have been breached and know it, and those that have been breached and do not know it. So I think I think if if experts keep pushing the, the information out there, that I mean it's not it's not a, it's not a question of if you've been breached; it's a question of when you've been breached. I think it helps it helps customers even be more receptive of the bad news that's oh yeah <laughs> because i mean like at some point it's going to happen right so if you already even i mean as 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 experts you're already preparing the, the minds of of the of the consumers that you 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 you're going to be breached someday i think i think for for me it helps 
because I mean, if 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 I mean, kind of person I am, if I know my data has has, has been breached, I won't be as I won't be as offended or angry if like if I was just a, a general user because I would I would understand and even appreciate the efforts the the security team has put in in, in place. But I mean, a, a, a general user might not appreciate this, might not even know, you know, might just be angry. So again, it, it just depends on on continuous education on oh yo, we're going to be breached soon. And if it happens, yeah, we've been breached. We, we, we actually told you earlier we we're going to be breached. <laughs> Zoe looks like she's chomping at the bit to get in here. Go ahead, Zoe. I have an example of what not to do. Do not sell stocks prior to publicly announcing. Do not do what Equifax did. Um, a good example is, and this well, actually the root cause was announced, uh, Bleeper International a couple years ago, they had a breach where a lever collected a fudge ton of data when they left and gave it to another company, I think it was. I can't remember quite why they took the data. I think it was that they were moving to another insurance provider. But they did say, this happened, this is who is affected, this is why you know these controls were not in place they had more access and we have changed that we've moved on so this is a positive not not a ton of people recall Booper international's incident a lot of people recall equifax um do not be the case study example uh like target was for a long time and then it was equifax and now probably um uh, solar winds probably the intent but yeah <laughs> don't blame an intern um great example My, but microsoft I, I is doing a good job at the moment they're trying they're trying but they haven't quite blamed they're, an intern they have got though. fudged up patches but you know but no see from my perspective how do you turn it into a positive do the tabletop exercises um be prepared so you know know who your supply chain is know if they get affected have that contractual agreement between you to get that notification so that you can move forward and be aware of what they're using but also i mean part of my role is dealing with supply chain so that's i'm quite like "Mm, very important but um it's great to say you know be transparent but you you have to be able to know what to you know you got to know what your assets are to protect them so know it you know get that test it or get that knowledge down do the tabletop exercises so when you go to um, announce you've you have those contacts you know maybe you have local police you have um regular regulators you have your comms team you have a trained prepared person to present it um and the one thing i always say to my interns or people i'm mentoring is what do you what is the person expecting from you so when you're doing that communications what are they expecting and how can you do it in a way that's well, well, thank you. Thank you, guys. It was, this is a great conversation. Emily, do you feel you learned anything? I felt it was very insightful and super super informative. So I learned a thing or two, for sure. Yeah. I, I had some funny comments that I held back, but <laughs> they wouldn't oh, have we, contributed. We, we, yeah, we were at another hour at that point. To have been, yeah. All right. Yes, super insightful and interesting episode of Cisco Champion Unfiltered. Great job, you guys. Thank you for listening in. Um, Just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. See you next Monday.